This is Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, the number one most popular essential geopolitics podcast on Apple Podcasts. Welcome aboard. I'm your host, Emily Donahue. In August 2022, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken visited Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. 2022 saw a marked flare-up of their conflict in border areas. The U.N. actually says Rwanda is supporting a rebel group in eastern DRC. Here with details is David Newman. He's a security analyst with RAIN's Risk Intelligence Team. Welcome aboard, David. Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Set the scene for us. What is going on in the eastern part of the Democratic Republic of Congo? Yeah, and even before I try and talk through some of these current events, uh, I think it's worth pointing out that the DRC does have a very long and complex history of armed conflict that does sort of set the scene for the present security situation. Unfortunately, we definitely don't have time to dive into that history today. But if anyone has been paying attention to these headlines in sub-Saharan Africa over the past year, they definitely would have come across these uh, these headlines about this rebel group, the March 23 movement, or M23. Now, M23 is a Congolese Tutsi rebel group. Their origins uh, actually trace back to the Rwandan genocide in the 1990s. And of course, we don't have time to sort of hash through that either. But what is important to note is that the group has sort of seen a resurgence over the past year at this point, actually. Uh, prior to November of, of 2021, the group had essentially been dormant for roughly 10 years. They had carried out a previous rebellion in 2012. They were put down. Uh, there was even sort of an agreement reached where they would disarm and then they would essentially reintegrate back into the Congolese military and Congolese society. The group uh, essentially claims that the Congolese government has not held to these terms. And so over the last year, they have really intensified their clashes with the Congolese government. Uh, these really intensified over the summer, uh, as you were sort of talking about with Secretary Blinken's statements in August. But then even in late October, we saw sort of another re-intensifying of the conflict, basically where M23 had been holding territory in what's called Bunagana. This is a, a strategic border town that sits on the border with Uganda. Uh, but since then, after having held that territory for about four months or so, they've actually begun to launch these offensives along this uh, critical highway. It's, it's called the N2 Highway, and it essentially connects what's called the Ruchuru Territory in the north part of North Kivu province to Goma, which is the capital of North Kivu province. Uh, and so what we've seen over the last few weeks, if, if you've been following the headlines, is M23 has begun to advance southward toward this provincial capital, which is one of the largest cities in the region. It's a major hub for Congolese forces, as well as UN peacekeeping forces, as well as thousands, or at this point, tens of thousands of displaced civilians. So this is a really alarming development uh, in this in this broad, big narrative of uh, the DRC's deteriorating security. Well, that's really not just disheartening, but frightening, especially for the people who live there. How is the armed conflict impacting other countries in that region? 
Yeah, and, and of course, this is this is common in in armed conflicts across the world, all throughout history, and and even for ones like this, where it's it's technically an intra-state conflict, uh, and and one that's been ongoing, but of course, um, many other countries get involved, and and even if we did take the time to sort of do a deep dive into the history of armed conflict in DRC and in the neighboring countries, we would very clearly see this pattern of foreign meddling, of spillover violence, uh, foreign support for rebel groups on both sides of the borders, and then major diplomatic disputes. And so that's that's essentially one of the things we're seeing here, uh, specifically in the context of, of DRC and Rwanda. Um, as you mentioned, you know the the DRC has long accused Rwanda of supporting the M23 rebels. This was the case in their previous rebellion in 2012, and this is the case now in their in their resurgence. Um, the UN also holds to these accusations. The US uh, has made similar statements, and of course, Rwanda denies these accusations. And so we've seen this major diplomatic fallout between the two countries. Um, but then even looking broader, you know, around the region, uh, I think it's important to, to point out that the DRC joined the East African community this year. And so while the DRC works out its issues with Rwanda, uh, which currently is being facilitated by Angola, there's also an East African uh, regional force that was initially established earlier this year, but finally has begun deploying troops to the region, and that's being spearheaded by Kenya. And so um, the sort of parallel peace process that's going alongside this this regional deployment is a uh, it's it's what's being referred to as the Nairobi process, and it's essentially a dialogue facilitated by Kenya between the DRC and over one hundred twenty rebel groups that are operating in the region. M23 was originally going to participate in these in these talks, but uh, when they were first held in April, uh, they were actually expelled from the talks because the Congolese government claimed that they had uh, carried out attacks while the while the talks were happening. So clearly, we have uh, not just a major uh, arms conflict going on in eastern DRC, but its its effects and consequences are rippling over, uh, spilling over into other countries and could even create potential for further uh, diplomatic tensions, not just between Congo and Rwanda, but also between the other countries that are that are either deploying troops or helping facilitate these peace processes. So, David, that's a lot to be concerned about. What should we be looking for as the conflict and these potential peace processes move forward? Yes, that is that is a good question, and uh, to be honest, it, it, at least from from my vantage point uh, right now, the outlook is not necessarily looking good. There there is potential for things to uh, maybe there's there's some possibility for some breakthroughs here. What is good is that these peace processes are even underway. Um, as I mentioned, we have basically what's being called the Nairobi process, uh, which is between DRC and the rebel groups. And then there's the Luanda process, which is between uh, the DRC and Rwanda for them to work out their tensions. 
Um, they are actually meeting uh, in uh, late November. This will be, um, at least for DRC in Rwanda, uh, they've, they've talked a, a couple times um, leading up to now. And so at this point, they're even bringing in some of the East African community's uh, leaders. I know that former president, uh, Kenyan president Uhuru Kenyatta is going to attend the meeting and he is the one uh, very much spearheading the effort to uh, facilitate this dialogue between DRC and the rebel group. So they could potentially merge all of these issues and work them out. But we have to remember that all of this is happening as M23 is advancing southward toward Goma. And so they are hoping to, uh, it seems, to, to capture Goma, which they were able to do in their previous rebellion. If they do, that would greatly enhance their, their bargaining power if they ever do come to the table uh, with the Congolese government. And so ultimately, this, this armed conflict is, from what it looks like right now, it's going to continue at this sort of intense level uh, for a while, and it will sort of depend on how Congolese forces, as well as this East African regional force, can counter M23 expansion while they pursue these other diplomatic channels to try and resolve the conflict. Yeah, that doesn't seem like that could get fixed anytime soon. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's um, it's definitely a a complex process, and uh, unfortunately, and if, as we've seen uh, even just over the course of this year, very subject to flashpoints. So that even if tensions de-escalate, say between DRC and Rwanda, they can potentially escalate again. Uh, often driven by how active M twenty three is. Uh, is being in in eastern drc thanks for that analysis david thank you thank you very much david newman is a global security analyst with rain you can find his work in rain worldview and rain threat lens two of our flagship products designed to help security professionals identify and mitigate threats to employees and business locations find out how rain can help your business at rainnetwork.com that's r-a-n-e network.com I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.